Paris Musée presents Once Upon a Museum. Use podcasts about the museums of Paris. Wait, I'm out of breath from running around the Parc Monceau. Come, let's go sit down for a second. Hold on, do you want to see my collection of coins from around the world? Look, I have 20. You collect coins? You're a numismatist. Yes, indeed. I am. They come from many different countries. Look at this one. It's a one yuan coin. It's Chinese money. Let me see. Oops. Oops. Oh, no. You let it fall. Oh, it's rolling this way. Hurry. Oh, good. It stopped against this tree. <gasps> Look. Next to it, there's a strange piece of paper. Hmm. It looks like an invitation. Masquerade Ball, Buddha Room, 7 Velasquez Avenue. Mr. Henry Chanuski hopes that you'll honor him with your presence. It's an invitation to Masquerade Ball. Oh, amazing! What are you going to dress as? A dragon. You? A tiger. Come on, get ready, we're going. Looks like it's right next to the Parc Monceau, 7 Velasquez Avenue. It's there. Look, inside that building. Wow, it's beautiful. It feels as if we're looking at an Italian villa, don't you think? Hmm. Wait, look at the date on the invitation. Saturday, the 19th of May, 1888. Oh no, it was 150 years ago. Even if the party lasted all night long, it must be over by now. Ah, come on. Let's go take a look anyway. You never know. Wow, it's big. Woohoo! Is the party over? Can we come in? Looks like no one is home. Mr. Chanuski? Mr. Chanuski? Are you there? Do you know him? Henry Chernuski worked in finance and was an Asian arts collector that lived here more than 150 years ago. Is that him over there? Look, there's something. Uh, this doesn't look like Mr. Chernuski, unless he is more than four meters tall. He is seated on a lotus leaf with raised right hand, palm facing forward, thumb and index fingers touching. He has a reassuring presence. He lures our gaze in and wraps us in a feeling of serenity. I am no Henry Chernuski. I am the Buddha Amida. I am a bronze statue. Henry brought me back from Japan in 1871. From Japan to Paris? What a trip! Indeed, the Buddha traveled a lot, just like Mr. Chernuski, who originally is from Italy. He was born in Milan and came to France at 29. Oh, so he came to visit Paris, loved it, and moved there? Not exactly. Chernuski was banned from his country because of his political views. He rebelled to create a republic. Banned? He was chased away from Italy and sought refuge in France in August 1850. And Mr. Chernuski made a name for himself. He became a brilliant businessman, a finance expert. In 1870, he longed for a change of scenery. He decided to travel and to go around the world. Around the world in 80 days? 
No, that's Jules Verne. On the other hand, Mr. Chinooski went around the world in two years with his friend Theodore Duret. Where did they go? Well, mainly in Japan and China. But first, both men boarded a steamer for New York. A steamer? You mean a steamboat? Well, yes, that's it. The trip was forty days long. Then they crossed the United States of America from east to west by train. Then, from San Francisco, they went to Yokohama, a city in Japan. Let me guess: by boat, right? Eighty days of sea. It was right then that Theodore Duret started to make notes of their expedition in a travel journal named Travels to Asia. The coast of Japan still isn't in view, but the snow from the volcano rises to the clouds like an enchanting apparition. At this period of time, after centuries of isolation called Sakoku, Japan is starting to open to the rest of the world again. So we barely know anything about this country. Theodore Duret and Henry Chinooski are practically the first Europeans to enter Japan in that time period, and many art pieces and objects they saw captivated their attention. They acquired them over their travels. Mr. Duret was attracted to books and prints, while Mr. Chinooski focused more on bronze statues. Makes sense. Bronze for money expert. <laughs> It was there that Mr. Chinooski decided to start his collection. When they got to Tokyo, the two friends ended up in the Meguro district, where they discovered an enormous Buddha. Ah, the famous Buddha. He was in the open air, lost in the middle of the trees and dwellings. Henry Chinooski bought it and had it sent to France by boat to install it here. In the house he built, and he really didn't age a day in more than a hundred and fifty years. He is still tall and strong, sitting on a lotus seat with his right hand up. He looks in deep thought. To be precise, I am meditating. The Buddha is a great wise man who lived at the bottom of the Himalayas twenty-five hundred years ago. Buddha means the enlightened. This Buddha is not only enlightened himself, but also helps others get enlightened. Is that why he's so tall? To make us look further than our territory, our beliefs, our cultures, our convictions. That's what traveling enables. Just like for Henry Chanuski and his friend Theodore Duret, the two travelers didn't end their trip in Japan. They continued all the way to China. Mr. Chinooski found the Chinese bronze statues to be beautiful and very precious. Can you imagine? Some of these statues are more than three thousand years old. Oh wow! These statues had an important place in antique Chinese culture. They were sometimes used in banquets or even to accompany the dead in their tombs. Behind every object, there are traditions, beliefs. Henry Chinooski managed to bring back a big vase named Shangding, shaped like a cauldron with three feet, which had an inscription on the inside. Like a secret inscription? Exactly, a text made of a hundred and ten characters to read from top to bottom and right to left. And what did it say? 
that this precious vase was to be transmitted inside the family from generation to generation like a heritage. Facing all this beauty between the Japanese and the Chinese art pieces, Mr. Chinooski wanted to show his collection. Like me, with my foreign coin collection. And when he came back to France, he decided to build this Parisian mansion to live in, surrounded by the thousands of art pieces, but also to have it become a place open to Asian art amateurs and artists. Thanks to his collection, Parisians opened their minds to what was going on on the other side of the globe at a time when travelling was rare. What is that perfume smell? It must come from another room. Look, it's a Chinese bronze incense burner. An incense burner? It's an object you use to burn incense, which is made using resins, woods and flowers. Hmm, it smells nice. All this traveling soothes me. In Chinese society, incense isn't just used to make a room or clothes smell good. It also has religious and philosophical meanings. In specific rites, incense is used as the link between humans and divinities. The humans burn the incense, then its smoke rises up, up, up until it tickles the spirit's nostrils who, by this means, receive our message, demand or prayer. This perfume burner in the shape of a duck is very precious. It dates all the way back to the 2nd century BC. That was also a very, 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 very long time ago. Oh, that's not the sound of a duck quacking. Sounds like a tiger. A tiger? What a coincidence. You getting dressed as a tiger for this masquerade ball that already happened and isn't happening anymore? What a great idea. Look, I think it's coming from this Torah tiger statue. Are you sure that it's a statue? It's on its guard, ready to pounce. It looks so real. I'm not coming any closer. Don't worry, it's made out of lacquered wood and it can't bite you anyway. The tiger is an animal with an important symbolic meaning in Asia. Let me guess, it represents strength. Exactly, and luck as well. And it scares evil away. No reason to be scared of him then. I'm gonna get closer. Oh, his eyes are following me. Are you sure that it's not real? Its eyes are made of embedded glass. That's why they shine and feel as if they are staring at you. Often in Asia, objects aren't just objects. They have invisible forces inside that can help us live. After a tour of Mr. Chinooski's place, the visitors must be filled with dreams and magic. And on top of traveling, Mr. Chinooski loved to have fun. He threw a lot of exciting parties. Oh yeah, just like the masquerade ball we missed. And during a dinner in 1882, he announced grandly. I want to present this city, which welcomed me after my banishment from my homeland, a souvenir of my gratitude. Through my will, 
I am donating my house and collection to the city of Paris. Thanks to the donation of the house and the collection, the Chernusky Museum opened after his death in 1896. And ever since, everyone can admire his worldly collections full of magic and wonder. And they keep on getting even bigger to this day. At its opening, the museum counted 5,000 art pieces. Today, it counts 15,000. Now, at the Chernusky Museum, you can also see objects from Vietnam or even contemporary art. The museum even hosted the Oriental Painting Academy of Paris. An academy? Like a school? Yes, a school of painters from Asia that keep traditional Oriental painting alive. I didn't know that you could build a school from a collection. The collection is a source of inspiration to the people you share it with. Well then, thank you, Mr. Chernusky. Come on, let's go back to the Park Mossel. We can put together a show with tigers and dragons for a future masquerade ball. Excellent idea. I hope this one won't happen in 150 years. (laughs) (laughs) Once upon a museum at the Chernusky Museum. A Paris Musée podcast produced with Pauline Copen, Elsa Denac, with the voices of Juliette Aver, Matthew Luret, Tania Matouk. Did you enjoy it? Discover the other museums through Once Upon a Museum. <laughs>